everybody. Welcome back to the Box One NBA Podcast, Episode 8. For Jerry and I, we'll be going over our midseason picks. But before that, you know the you know the role. We gotta we gotta run it back with them headlines, bro. So what we got at number one, Jerry? Alright, so the top headline we've been having this past week. So KD, uh, he was pulled out from the game against the uh, Raptors, I believe. Uh, during the third quarter, and that entire game with him was was relatively really weird because like at first like there was like maybe an inclusive positive an inclusive test with him with uh, another person of the staff and like he would presumably contact trace with him so they pulled him out of the game and then he tested negative on the same day so they put him back in the game but instead of starting lineup he was put he sent to bench role for the first time in his career in the past like 850 games or so and then. Amazingly, in the third quarter, so like during a timeout, uh, Coach Steve Nash told him like he has to be pulled out of the game, and I'm pretty sure many people saw from the videos that like he was completely disbelieved, was completely frustrated because, I mean, early in the season like, he was already like out for like the past like for roughly a week due to like certain similar circumstances being contact tracing, and um, he had to do that once again for the season, and I could definitely all of us are really venting his frustrations, and he definitely, um, especially like during that game after he got pulled out, he post on twitter uh just simply two words free me i mean uh very like very weird circumstances for katie but luckily uh he should be able to play tonight or not tonight like open for practice i would say um eligible for practice with the team uh starting tonight and hopefully playing uh later on this week so yeah really odd situation for katie this uh past week definitely i mean i mean definitely like strict covid protocols and all that the name has been handling i mean by all means like it's definitely health is a huge priority but i think this management in terms of, like that whole situation was definitely a bit messed up i would say 100 you know a lot of things going you know weird with covid but um, i guess you gotta respect the nba's protocols and their terms here and see well, i wasn't exactly sure what was going on that's another story for another day but uh next up on february 6th we had the warriors and the mavs go to very, very entertaining game, you know, the highest scoring, I believe, was like 142 to 138 or something like that, and, uh, you know, Steph Curry, who's been cooking recently, put up 57 points on 12 three-point makes, and, I mean, he's been single-handedly willing the Warriors to, you know, where they are right now, I think they're 14 and 12, just barely above, you know, the 500 point, um, and yeah, Steph's been cooking, he's been doing this three-point mirage, I don't know, this is probably, I think, his best season so far, and that's speaking since he was unanimous MVP in 2015 and 2016. But also, you know, Luka Donakic, although while I think he's low-key washed. Lost rookie. He, he did have a pretty solid game, put up 42 points, 7 rebounds, 11 assists. So, you know, while Dallas has been underperforming, this is one of the few bright spots of the season that has produced us a lot of questions involving will they run it back in the playoffs. But, you know, that's, that's another story to be seen. Absolutely. This is a very impressive game. Uh, very great performances from the two very point from the league. You know, um, even with like Steph like, basically carrying the entire offense of both the Warriors, I mean, there was an interesting stat about the Warriors being perhaps probably the most average team in terms of wins and losses. They were at the time uh, about they were 12 and 12 at the time, and I think what's really cool is that they their di- point differential in terms of points scored against versus points against is like a difference of five to 15 points. So pretty much it's a net gain, it's a net loss within like single digits. So this which pretty much shows like the balance between the two is perfectly as it should be. All right, so that same night, uh, the Denver Nuggets played against the Sacramento Kings and the Jokic, Mr. Nikola Jokic, aka the Joker, pulled up a career high 50 
50 points, a 50 piece, yes sir, uh, along with 8 rebounds and 12 assists, but they did not get the win, uh, unfortunately. But nonetheless, this is pretty much all we can say, what uh, expect, what, what uh, Nikola Jokic is able to do. I mean, like, definitely a... Uh, in a conversation for MVP, play especially about the stat, all the stats he's doing, averaging nearly a triple double, especially playing as a seven foot center. I mean, that's pretty much like really, um, really unexpected. Pretty much like anyone would we see from a center. I mean, um, you know, pretty much like your primary play, uh, playmaker alongside Jamal Murray, like especially that kind of position uh, he's playing, very, very unconventional, but yet super impressive what he was to turn out uh, during this season. Yeah, I feel all these like high scoring games end up like so. That's a weird trend, but uh, it is a good Next up, we have Lakers with this team. It's a double on team, and I am not exactly sure how that ended up going to double on team. Pistons, I don't mean to be a hater of the uh, you know, Detroit fan base, but they're pretty much garbage. They've been irrelevant since the bad boys of what, the 1990s. And yeah, so to see Josh Jackson and Jeremiah Grant put up, I think, 28 and like 24, uh, 20 and 32 respectively. I mean, it goes to show, you know, Detroit only shows up against good teams. And, you know, Lakers have been playing these very tight games, although they are W's. I think something needs to change. Um, still a double OT that must be like a lot of mileage on LeBron's body you know playing an extra what 10 minutes so again Lakers took on the W but this was this was not a game this was definitely expected. I wouldn't say especially looking at LeBron's body language after the game he just certainly knows that guys this is not how we're supposed to play I mean they've already lost to the Pistons uh like single like pretty convincingly uh during the earlier this season so this double OT victory I think should not be as uh, impressive according to the Lakers standards, especially if they're um, going for a repeat, defending our title, especially against like really good teams uh, building up on both the Eastern and Western conferences. Uh, definitely got raised a lot of questions in terms of their adjustments, and especially as the fact that they've been playing overtime game, like quite a few overtime games these past week, it just shows that uh, once playoff time comes, uh, the question is whether they're being uh, healthy and ready, especially with all the extra minutes that they're playing. Uh, especially for LeBron, I mean, he's 36, obviously there's going to be a time limit once he comes in, uh, when he's due time, so hopefully uh, once AD returns, uh, hopefully that Achilles, uh, concern for his Achilles is like not too serious, so he comes back uh, fully healthy and uh, energizing his defensive presence, uh, for ready for Lakers once the, uh, what we all ready for, uh, comes to show the playoffs. All right, and speak of the Pistons, I mean, uh, you know, as we also mentioned, as Face mentioned, they've been uh, pretty much a hit or miss. I mean, in terms of like, they always showed up, I guess, playing against good teams, and they beat the Brooklyn Nets, another uh, Western, uh, Eastern Conference powerhouse. As we all know, big three, albeit without KD. Now, at, at before they beat against the beat, defeat the Pacers uh, a few days ago, they lost three straight against the 76ers. The Kings, I believe, and the, also the Pistons, as we mentioned, and they've been giving up a lot of points averaging, like, they give up, I think, about 129 points a game, and as we all mentioned, that their defense, the lack of defense is just definitely glaring, very, uh, very much uh, present, and once KD returns, uh, maybe they may be able to right this ship uh, come playoff time, but so far, it's not looking too good, currently 14-12 uh, in the East, uh, not looking so far at this moment. Uh, yeah, I feel like the only game that's really going to be the second shooter. Okay, 
have these types of games going on, especially like when it gets closer to uh, you know playoff basketball, when the game actually slows down and it's more like defense oriented. So that's that's something that Nets have to fix very quickly, and that'll start with you know Katie coming back. But another very interesting game between the Bucks and the Suns is when uh, Giannis Acampo dropped 47 points just solely based off running and dunking. You know, I don't know how this dude does it sometimes. You know, I just I feel like when the game slows down for him, you basically just take him out of the equation and he's like, he's up 47 points. He's proving he's the most dominant, or he's one of the more dominant players in the league. And uh, yeah, good for the Bucks. You know, that's all I have to say. Pretty much like all we expect from Giannis. No man, the spike as he missed that game winner against the Suns. You know, it's just, he's got to get that jump shot going. I mean, we've been, it's been pretty much better throughout the entire season and pretty much the entire, like, for a few years back. Uh, got to get that jump shot going and maybe he's going to become a more complete player in that once uh, opponents get to counteract that his offensive uh, ability, he always has something to back it up, uh, which is his jump shot. And finally, we have another really great game, really great game between the Mavs and the Atlanta Hawks, the Trey Young and the Donovan duo, um, really entertaining game and all, but especially uh, the ending is what most people were talking about with that missing call. Uh, I believe like so they were inbound the ball and they had a chance to win, so um, Trey Young was playing off the ball and he was uh, screened by really really tall Stein, and it seemed that like. Some people say like he might have exaggerated the contact, but I think it was uh, pretty clear that like really had a little push off on trade and I think it should have been a foul. So maybe it really it's really up to debate. I mean like it may seem at first like there's not like much contact uh, inflicted onto trade, but I think it's pretty much clear like there's a tenth of a push off by Colin Stein and like Colin Stein like he's playing for his next contract which is probably going to expire today so if you don't see him on the NBA team you know where he is overseas or back home I don't know what he's doing so lastly our last headline Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls been cooking uh, last three games 39, 35, and 46 and you know he's been he's been putting up all-star numbers and I mean I think we all expect him to see in the all-star game one thing for Bulls fans I think you guys should trade for Lonzo Ball high key you know you got Lonzo Ball, who's a true playmaker, number one point guard who can run the offense that takes him off the offensive burden off of Zach Levine. Have Kobe White as a secondary scorer. Bulls can be good, I'm telling you. If Faze, the GM, was making decisions, I would trade for Lonzo Ball right now. His value is high, he's putting up excellent numbers, and the Pelicans are wasting their talent because the Pelicans don't know what the Pelican system is not good. It's not good. I think definitely if, the, if Lonzo does go a good step in the right direction for the Bulls and like really utilizing Zach Levine's scoring ability really well to their advantage because I mean like the, even if like Zach Levine scores a lot of like scores a lot of points after like if they score like 35 plus it's not really a guarantee if they're going to win so um, having that playmaking from Lonzo uh, with the Bulls system is like could really help them out so that's all the headlines we've had these past week now uh, we're about like 26 games in which is really approaching the halfway point of this NBA season. You have our MVPs, so why don't you start off with your pick? Yeah, you know how we do. You know, I got my boy LeBron James from the Lakers. We're playing lights out at the age of 36. The Lakers are second in the Western Conference. Um, you know, he's been doing an excellent job. You know, he stepped up in big games. He's closed out games. He's shown everybody why he's the best to do it. 
Um, and yeah, the Lakers are rolling. As soon as they get AD back, they'll be the number one seed. Don't worry, you Jazz fans, enjoy this moment for the time being. Lakers going to reclaim number one seed. Now, I mean, LeBron just playing with exceptional dominance. You know, he's putting up close to like 26 points per game, uh, eight rebounds, eight assists, which is very solid numbers. You know, he's been doing his whole career. He's in his 18th season, and he's still putting up these consistent numbers. So, you know, I think I have to go in the NBA. LeBron's pretty much timeless. The by father time. By father time. It's pretty much like him and Tom Brady, uh, who basically won the Super Bowl. Instead of Brady, I mean, you know, like they could, they, their longevity is pretty much uh, insurmountable against almost uh, all time greats. So, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, like LeBron is definitely like the, um, pretty much receiving his fifth, uh, fifth MVP this season. But I think, like, given the state of the, of the season right now, I think like Joel Embiid has been making like a lot of like. Making a lot of conversation for MVP as well, especially with the acquisition of Doc Rivers as their coach, and clearly uh, Doc Rivers has been utilizing Joel much better than Brett Brown, Brett Brown uh, compared, and, uh, comparing. And I mean, what can you say? Like Joel beats like size at like, 72, and they had like 72, 250 pounds. I mean, this man's like an absolute tank, uh, absolute tank build. As far as like post up players, he meant like pretty much like all of his numbers are pretty much like like ups uh, compared to last season, and like his defense abilities has also been greatly improved due to, get due to Doc Rivers' defensive mind, mindset. And perhaps I mean he could probably be t- uh, take over Giannis uh, as probably the best big man in the league so far. I mean like given how he's uh, able to improve. Uh, pretty much like all aspects of his game especially down the, uh, at the post as uh, how we should be have should have been playing uh, instead of what Brett Brown is doing him as a spot shooter which is completely sacrilegious so and I mean like the 76 I mean currently I believe they're uh, top in the east um, and like that's really like huge part of what Joel McBee has been able taking to do uh, during the season so yeah so for defense player of the year I got LeBron James teammate Anthony Davis. AD. He said a lot on the DP line last year. Definitely got robbed. I, I think he got robbed. See, now he's always shying away from guarding the opponents. So he's the best player. He's not like one of them down from But now AD is responsible because he's anchoring the. Lakers have the number one defense, and I mean, he's the one that's really anchoring it. So, you know, you got to give him credit. He's bringing up consistent steals, consistent blocks. I think he's like one of the best in like all train field goal percentage and stuff like that. I mean, that's why the Lakers have like, they're, they've built their identity on defense, and it all starts around AD, you know, communicating, making, making sure his presence is felt, and overall, making sure the Lakers are, you know, always going to be competitive no matter what, even if their offense isn't falling for them. They have good defense, you know. I actually agree with all that. Anthony Davis, I believe he's. Definitely well deserved uh, defensive player of the year last year, and I think he has a good shot of winning it this year. Uh, and pretty much all he said, like his defensive presence is definitely uh, shown, and yeah, really one of the best I think in terms of like really um, altering field goals uh, for the opponents, especially when you're driving in the paint. I mean, like his frame, uh, his agility is really like pretty much uh, on, on, on par with uh, what you expect of AD, like his versatility and all that. Um, yeah, very consistent uh, when he's like really out. Uh, uh, stats like blocks and steals and really make big contributions to really like elevate the Lakers into a really good defensive team, uh, a defensive force to come when it comes to playoff time. When he's fully healthy, hopefully, uh, yeah, they're going to be really scary. 100%, you know, 
next up rookie of the year. I can get my guy, the Mellow Ball from the Charlotte Hornets. Mellow, Mellow Ball. The Ball Bridges. If you guys have not seen that, you gotta go check out. They have some of the most insane dunks, you know. I think Lamelo's like, oh, there are a lot of concerns coming in, you know, about his shooting efficiency, his defense, but I mean, he's been proving everyone wrong, you know. Recent game, he just had like 34 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, or something like that, and, you know, he's been playing really well for the Charlotte Hornets team. He's putting up excellent averages. He's showing everyone why he was deserving to be the number one pick, and, um, I think he's the best ball brother, you know, he's, he's proven everyone right that, you know, he belongs in this league, he can lead an offense, he can run it, and he's one of those flashy players that everyone likes to, you know, watch, so, you know, I see him having a really good career, and, you know, this is only the start. Absolutely, and, I mean, uh, LaMelo Ball, and maybe even, like, Tyrese Halliburton playing on this one for Kings, I mean, like, Halliburton's going to be playing lights out uh, for Kings, I mean, uh, Stephen A. said, like, the next step to, to use Halliburton uh, as a point guard, I mean, only talking about, I mean, he's must see TV and all that, huge contributions for them but i've got to say like lamella ball like right now like especially when he's uh when he's inserted into starting rotation i mean he's like absolutely like pretty much playing as if he's like playing in nba before i mean i mean he has like given has he has played in like professional leagues in australia prior to that and i think that's a really nice uh way for him to get experience up to this league and i mean we got to say like him uh as you mentioned phase the ball and bridges connection is like absolutely very strong and well. I mean, uh, Lamelo's passing is pretty much like very, very premier uh, amongst like really good point guards through this league, and like pretty much very, very uh, flashy highlights that are really must see for all audience, uh, NBA uh, fans. And definitely, I think the Hornets, um, him and Hayward and Bridges, Malik Monk, uh, Devontae Graham. I mean, this team is like a pretty, pretty solid, and I think like. Once, when you see Lamelo Ball getting like having more minutes played on the court, he's definitely worth watching with all of his highlights and passing abilities. 100%. So for the most improved, I got Jeremiah Grant from the Detroit Pistons. Um, I mean, ever since he left the Nuggets, a lot of people was like, "Oh, why did he leave the Nuggets?" I mean, he was guaranteed a big ball in the Pistons, and like he stepped into that and next level. led the Pistons to the most players that they've been with and uh, he's had the best season of his career. I mean, I think he's made Detroit his home. Uh, the fans love him. Um, the city's finally, you know, becoming somewhat a little bit more relevant from zero to like one. And, uh, yeah, you know, Detroit, although they're going to be at the bottom of the conference, at least at least they're giving, like, the city's... There's, like, some silver lining with the addition of Jeremy Grant. I mean, like, yeah, really, uh, he's, his stats are pretty much, like, uh, improved all around compared to his Denver Nuggets uh, seasons, pretty much, especially given uh, his usage rate, uh, pretty much the primary score uh, for this Pistons team, especially with the setbacks of Blake Griffin, uh, unfortunately for him. Um, Jeremy has definitely stepped up in a lot of ways and really putting up some really good numbers, especially while uh, against players playing with uh, really good teams, such as the Lakers and the Nets, so definitely worthy. But I think uh, many are really recognizing how Christian Wood of the Houston Rockets is actually like lights out as a defense center and his improvements are pretty much like all around uh, really great after like 22 and 22 13 rebounds and maybe like two blocks a game uh, absolutely quite stellar basketball with the Houston Rockets and then definitely the departure of James Harden and with the acquisition of John Wall and uh, even the resurgence of DeMarcus Cousins I mean uh, Christian Wood, well, along those guys are actually making his Houston Rockets still like pretty, pretty worth watching. Still making our has made a playoff push, and 
Uh, definitely love to see Christian Wood maybe perhaps make an all-star team, albeit he had that unfortunate ankle injury. Hopefully it's not too serious. But up to this point, he's been playing really good basketball. 100%. And um, now Coach of the Year, we got Quinn Snyder from the Utah Jazz. So if you don't know, the Jazz are currently number one in the Western Conference, and they're only lost in like the last 10 or 15 games to come against the Denver Nuggets. So they're red hot. They have a really good crew. They're playing well. They play with chemistry. They play with a de- uh, with an identity. I mean, I, I kind of counted out the Jazz this like during our like preseason picks, but I mean, I've been proved wrong. You know, Don Mitchell's leading the team. Rudy Gobert's anchoring the defense. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, Boyan Bogdanovich, Royce O'Neal have all taken big leaps, and you know they're one of the more complete teams of the league. And while they go unnoticed because they are in Utah, hey, don't count out Quinn Snyder. He's been doing an excellent job for a while now, so I got Quinn Snyder. Absolutely, I also have Quinn Snyder as perhaps the coach of the year uh, for this midseason. And yeah, they're 25, which is, gives them the best record in the NBA, and have one of the hottest stretches so far throughout the entire season. And gotta say they're um, all their players are pretty much like, really harmonizing well, they have good chemistry, and Donovan Mitchell really elevating his role as a really good playmaker, and really getting all these players involved, and um, definitely Jordan Clarkson, I mean, really impressive him so far in the moment, but yeah, one on Donovich, anchoring the defense, getting all of his block shots, and really making good defense. And perhaps maybe uh, always a viable pick for coming to Defensive Player of the Year, given already he's won two of them. And yeah, I mean, like, they're a pretty good team, uh, really deep, really solid, I think, like, really all around uh, solid package. But I think once we see the Lakers research uh, back into full health, I think maybe um, they'll fall, maybe probably within, maybe honestly, probably third or actually fourth, uh, given how uh, the their stretch has been so far. So lastly, six man of the year, we got Jordan Clarkson from the Utah Jazz. Um, he's, he's had an excellent season so far. You know, he's, he's a walking bucket right now. He's off the bench, and he's provided Utah that spark that they need, and you know, consistently giving them a source of you know points, uh, shot creation, and the ability to you know take some offensive burden off Donovan Mitchell. And I think he's a big reason why the Utah Jazz are you know first in the West because he's able to you know provide such a good boost off the bench. And, you know, he's he's one of those guys who like once he gets hot, there's no stopping him. So you know, Jordan Clarkson, Sixth Man of the Year, I think he's gonna win it. And I think I agree as well with Jordan Clarkson to Utah Jazz. And yeah, pretty much taking it over like really good contenders like Montrez Harrell and maybe like Lou Williams and others. But uh, yeah, Jordan Clarkson, I really stood, stands out a lot with the rest, given how he's able to contribute uh, off the bench in terms of scoring and like really making timely shots. I think like he has a really nice case of clutch team within himself. And whenever like the Jazz needs a bucket uh, in, in critical moments, especially when your starters like Donovan Mitchell or Bob Bogdanovich is out on the bench resting, like Jordan Clarkson is able to like really leverage the offense and keep them uh, to Jazz within the game once Donovan Mitchell comes back and like really just kind of finishes off. So definitely like his contributions for the Jazz are definitely a key point, key reason why uh, they're currently 25-25 and the best in the, in the league so far. Alright everybody, uh, thank you so much. Those were our headlines and our mid-season picks. Um, we appreciate you guys, you know, uh, listening in and really supporting our content. And uh, we'll be back next week with some even better stuff. Get that fresh thinking content, yes sir. Alright, see y'all later. Peace.